I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, where we are always liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. You can always find us at chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. And you can find our constitutional training at libertyfirstuniversity.com. I know a lot of people say sometimes Liberty University, but that's a completely different thing. Uh, libertyfirstuniversity.com. And remember, with the holidays coming up, we have a fantastic line of gifts. Give the gift of liberty this year at... Uh, bit.ly forward slash Liberty First Gear. It's Teespring, right? That's what it's called, Teespring. Yeah. We have T-shirts. We have uh, leggings. I just, I'm sorry, I can't get over the leggings thing. <laughs> I think that it's so stinking cool. T-shirts, uh, leggings, coffee mugs, phone covers, stickers, all kinds of great things. Hey, uh, shock a snowflake with a t-shirt of truth and why not buy your young person uh, child grandchild niece nephew neighbor a history historically accurate t-shirt that they can wear to school I mean seriously if they're gonna wear uh, I, I don't know Colton likes 21 pilots and you know your concert t-shirts why not wear a shirt that has to do with teaching a bit of truth about liberty. I mean, seriously, people complain all the time about what our schools are doing to silence our children. Why not equip them, ignite them uh, to to start these new uh, liberty conversations? Uh, I wanted to ask you a question, JC, because I know you look at foreign policy stuff a lot. Have you... Have you seen anything about this NAFTA deal that is supposed to be the new uh, NAFTA? The new NAFTA, because Marco Rubio put out a tweet, and I'm always, I'm always sort of hesitant about Marco Rubio, but Marco Rubio put out this tweet as currently drafted. This deal, meaning NAFTA, will put Florida seasonal vegetable growers out of business. 
It allows Mexico to dump government-subsidized produce on the U.S. market. Going forward, America will depend on Mexico for our winter vegetables. And Marco Rubio uh, calls that uh, unacceptable. And, and so do I, as a matter of fact. So do I. And if, if what Marco is giving us is accurate... And I know Marco has an agenda. I know Marco is not always liberty-minded. But I will say that Marco has quite often, especially when it comes to local stuff, especially when it comes to southern Florida stuff, he, he, he is the kind of guy that, that is looking out for industry. You know, he's your typical uh, market conservative. Does that sound right? Mm, maybe. Maybe? Yeah. So here's the thing, I, and I just want to put this out there. In any trade deal, why are we buying goods from other countries that we can sufficiently supply for ourselves? We're not buying their goods. It's about opening the market uh-huh. to their goods. Okay. We're not buying their produce. It, it, his, why are his, we importing goods that we can sufficiently support for ourselves? No, it's, it's opening the market. So what what he's talking about is, I mean, basically allowing, I guess previously, you know, you, it wasn't allowed. They weren't mm-hmm. allowed in here. So you're opening the market for them to come in and sell their stuff. And what he's saying is you, you've got these, uh, you, you got the market over there and the government is subsidizing that market. So then they can, you know, dump their stuff. Our really, government is subsidizing no, their market. No, Mexico oh, okay. subsidizes okay. that market oh, from the okay. government, and so they can dump the cheap product and basically, you know, run the American uh, American market out I by see. dumping this cheap the cheap. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know. It's a complicated thing, I guess. Well. Isn't haven't we seen that play out in other countries with with foreign policy when you start? Well, we, because basically what you're doing is in America, we are uh, people are driven by their pocketbooks. Well, I'm sure that's the same everywhere else. I, I don't know if Marco has a problem with with the fact that we've done that in Haiti. Right. See, that's so that's we, my example. Not, not here. only it's not just cheap goods subsidized by the government. Right. We dumped tons of completely free yeah. uh, rice and peanuts mm-hmm. in Haiti under the guise of, oh, the, their country is starving to death, uh, which is a lie. So they've, they've dumped all the rice and the peanuts that drive, I mean, that, that have, I mean, not just not just competition. Or no, not, they've killed not, the Haitian farmers. Not that we can't sell our vegetables in the winter. They have completely eradicated the rice industry, the yeah. indigenous rice industry of Haiti, among and, other industries, and are, in and are well on their industries. way, well on their way to removing the peanut industry in Haiti by dump, dumping our USDA uh, peanuts. And, and that's and the why thing, it feels what, like a dangerous policy. I mean, what we're doing is 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 literally it, the difference is one is free and one is at a nearly. You know, at, at at such a reduced rate in America, the the people driven by their pocketbooks uh, and and not being educated uh, will potentially put our farmers out of business because of something like this. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
I, well, obviously, once again, it takes an educated constituency, right? You have to be a people who are willing to look into the labels. I mean, if you, you skip over the fact that the uh, conditions, the farming conditions in Mexico are not the standard of farming that we have here in America. And we've had cases where, where the cases of E. coli coming from the farming fields in Mexico and stuff like that. So I had that coming from farming fields in California and I mean, all over, I don't, I don't, I don't know that that's the argument. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, you get the same arguments from all kind of industries. You want you want this cheap product. You want the quality. You want to buy, you, you know, buy American. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a choice. And right. It's a choice that consumers make. Right. So, and that's my point. You know, I mean, I think that we need to be an educated people as far as uh, consumer uh, being educated consumers, so that we are not we're not uh, putting ourselves out of business. And I think that it is uh, it is in our best interest to have foreign policies as well that recognize that uh, there there is, or at least trade policies that recognize that our industries must come first. And that's not sort of, I, I don't think that's uh, xenophobic or anything like that. I think it's ridiculous that we we uh, import crawfish from other countries and export rice to other countries. I, to me, what I see happening, I mean, you're you're basically going to have, uh, I don't know, I, I would think you have some American business. Basically, you're opening up the market to the goods from Mexico. Mm-hmm. So some American business is going to buy this stuff really cheap in bulk and then resell it at American prices, you know, in the United States. I, I don't know how it all works, but I mean, that that's, you get this stuff all the time. It's always back and forth, up and down. And, I mean, to me, it is what it is. Well, and that's why I, I, I sort of wanted your input on that because for me. I don't know. I mean, I haven't read it specifically. <laughs> this would be a thing. You just, you'd just have to dig down into what it says and and, mm-hmm. and how it all works. Right. At this point, I don't, have an, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't looked at it. Right, right. Well, it's. I, but I, that's a constant. It's a constant. I mean, come on. I remember this. As a kid, uh, you know, Carter and Reagan years, and just, mm-hmm. you know, the buy American. I mean, this this thing, this is a constant thing. And right. w- you get this, we got to protect these markets, and people complain and complain and complain, yet you go down and buy the these the cheap garbage from China. Right. Uh, you know, so right. Uh, right. at the end of the day, some of the stuff you, you talk about all the time, it goes back to the individual making that decision. So you see the same people running around complaining, yet they're wearing all this garbage from China and, and everything everything in their house is this cheap, you know, slave labor type stuff. I, put your money where your mouth is. Right, right. Well, and, and again, that's about being an educated constituency, being an educated consumer uh, being concerned about what your dollar does in your own market. Yeah. Well, there you have it. <laughs> well, I'm glad we, uh, because I, I, my concern is exactly what you said, JC, about the Haitian market and the idea that our foreign policy has killed the Haitian farmer. Yeah. And my concern is, is letting, yeah, my concern is letting something like that happen here. 
or even having right. policy that promotes encourages. and encourages yeah. that kind of stuff for sure here in America. And so I just, you know, I, I want to I want to make sure that we are thinking these things all the way through, that we are not just simply, oh, it's it's Donald Trump's NAFTA. Right. Yeah. Or it's Bill Clinton's NAFTA. And so, I, I mean, I'm there's maybe, always adjustments that have to be made in these in these deals uh you revisit it so if marco rubio as uh, as a senator as a senator sees that uh, i mean that's his job well, to, to see the examine those things and then go and then call for hey let we got to readdress this we got to re-examine this we got to renegotiate this tweak this so that or that not happens. approve it right. because it's not a deal unless the senate actually confirms sure. it sure so that's i mean that's just part of the process that mm-hmm. that's his job right um you know so I know there are and people. looking out for the interests of his state. I mean, that's, he's actually representing his right, state, exactly. which is I know people look and they see the name Trump, and therefore it's perfect as is. But that's just not the way it works. So this is Rubio's job, and the rest of the senator's job. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I am Chris Ann Hall, and this is my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And we'd like to welcome you back to the show today. Um, Do you know the name Scott Adams? You keep up with all this stuff. So he's a chief uh, strategy officer uh, from somewhere. I don't know what that means. But apparently... Twitter recognizes him as somebody that's important and official. I don't know. Okay. But he put out this tweet about a government shutdown. And uh, I just wanted to remind our uh, people, uh, Liberty First Brigade, Liberty First listeners, Chris Ann Hall Show listeners, about this ruse called the government shutdown. Now, Scott Adams tweets out, a government shutdown is a game of chicken between Democrats whose brand is, quote, hurt no one, and President Trump, they believe, is irrational, cruel, and always willing to go too far. Predict the outcome. I, I get really irritated when this stuff is couched in the terms of this party against that party or this person against that person. The threat of a government shutdown is a ruse designed to create a crisis where one does not exist. Yeah, and it's political theater that's been used by both parties. Both parties. And so what's really important for us to do as constituents is to learn the Constitution and learn how the government is supposed to work so that we're no longer duped by these invented crises. And at chrisannhall.com, I have an article uh, on chrisannhall.com about about the budget. Okay, so it's called... 
resolving the blood budget blame game. And since I messed that up with my own mouth there, we'll say it again. Resolving the budget blame game. And we need to see that the Constitution specifically establishes mechanism for taxing and spending and for the cutting of taxing and the cutting of spending that that is direct, that is in control in the hands of the people, not in the hands of politicians, directly designed so that you and I have control over these issues. And, have, and I mean not just simply writing your congressman a letter or complaining in a Twitter tweet or, or Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is that you do. I mean our, our constitutional republic, the federal taxing and spending, is set up in such a way that we are to have direct and in the uh, terms written by James Madison, immediate control over federal spending. And so you need to go to chrisannhall.com. You need to read Ending the Budget Blame Game so uh, you can help us educate others. Remember, that's what we do here. We do this so that you can be the flamethrowers, right? (laughs) I just sort of pop that out because because uh, Abigail Adams says the the flame of liberty is ignited now we watch as it spreads from soul to soul but it's not going to be ignited until we do that so I, I want us to be the flame throwers in these issues and and I I get so I don't know JC I get really tired of seeing these rehashed problems over and over again, but get even more exhausted at the fact that the American people keep keep falling prey to all this stuff. Well, uh, and we lose sight of the fact that the uh, the argument or the theater covers the the fact that they're arguing over uh, a faulty process right i mean they're they're Mm -hmm. sort of arguing for the lack of budget right i mean that's what leads to all this there is no budget right right we need unlimited spending yeah it's really crazy well you remember that u.s congressman from michigan tim Wahlberg, who's who told a whole audience of people while he's arguing with me that the only limit to congressional spending is what they can get a majority vote to agree to yeah and that is that is outrageous. I mean, absolutely outrageous. And James Madison, as you see, you'll see in the article, says if that's the case, then you don't have a limited and defined government at all. As arrogant men tear up our constitution, and from every direction we cry revolution. Standing together and without permission. So The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Oh, 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 but I'm only a stranger here. I'm alone. 
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. JC, I want to give people a preview for tomorrow's show. And it's a preview for tomorrow's show because I was kind of debating on whether we should cover this today. And I think that uh, I want to I want to spend some more time on this because this really, really is a jewel. And I'm going to give you this this uh this find um it's something that i found before but it just sort of seems relevant you know we go back and we read the founders sometimes and uh i know that works scripturally as well you go back and you read the scripture you read the founders letters or historical documents and then you see new things in them that seem more relevant and 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 important but tomorrow Tomorrow, I want to talk about, and this is so, this is kind of like homework, so you guys can get involved and, and go read ahead so you can, you can join in us in this little study. Thomas Jefferson's first annual message to Congress, December 8, 1801, is so rich. I mean, it he he does some amazing things it's 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 like a it's the state of the union address right and in in this state of the union address he he actually gives us a glimpse of what a real constitutional executive how a real constitutional executive would operate how a real constitutional executive uh, reports to the people, reports to Congress. And uh, I mean, it's it's just absolutely amazing. So tomorrow's show, uh, you know, pending any amazing life changing, altering news event that happens. Right. I really wanted us to dig into wow, what this. does that look like? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um I, I want us to take into consideration and into study this Thomas Jefferson's first annual message to Congress. Okay. And so that's kind of our, our little homework today. JC, did you see um, what happened in Minnesota? Um, this happened back Minnesota in... Minnesota, Stan? Minnesota, Stan. Now, this happened That's actually, spreading from, from uh, Michigan... Right, right, right. Well, this is actually a story uh, back from September of this year, but somehow it slipped by our radar. And I wanted to talk about this because it's a it's a very strong dynamic in all cases. So um, Raman Parsa is a Christian pastor who fled Iran as a religious refugee and was arrested for privately sharing his face, faith testimony in the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota. Now, I've been there. Have you been there? Mall of America? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Colton and I have been there. It's, it's really kind of a cool They have an amusement park in the middle <laughs> of, of the mall. I'm pretty sure you've been there. You Maybe you don't remember. So uh, just to make this sort of story uh, in a nutshell, Parsa came here from Iran as a political refugee. Uh, they not only um, oppressed him, as he said, but they, I mean, they were physically torturing him, right? And so he lives in Los Angeles, California, and he went to Minnesota to visit some cer- churches to give his testimony, his his transformational testimony and all of that. And he ran into 
some uh, two women who were from, uh, I believe he said, Somalia. Okay, so they were Somali-American women. And he said the conversation began casually. And then they asked him, are you Muslim? And he said, well, I was Muslim, but now I'm a Christian. And here's the story. Now, this is how this always seems to happen today. A bystander Mm -hmm. got so offended by the conversation, the mutual consensual conversation between these two women and Parsa that she went and got a security guard and told the security guard that that Parsa was harassing them, meaning including her. And so the the guards came up and confronted Parsa. He said, uh, 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 that he explained, look, I'm I'm not harassing anybody. We're just having a conversation. But look, if if somebody's upset about this, we'll take this somewhere else. And and he just said goodbye to the ladies and he went into the coffee shop. Well, the story continues that when he came out of the coffee shop there, he thought it was done at that point. Right. All done. So when he came out of the coffee shop, there were three guards waiting for him. uh, uh, Well, I guess he didn't say goodbye to the two ladies. They were waiting for him and the two ladies. The three guards arrested him. Okay? Mm -hmm. Arrested him. And said to him specifically by his own testimony, you cannot talk religion here. And then he says they kind of bragged that we've arrested pastors before uh, as if it was something normal for them, something that they were used to, he says. He says, meanwhile, the two Somali-American women are arguing with the guards. This woman's not even been involved in our conversation. We were very interested in his story. We wanted to know more about this. Um, And onlookers were were watching and 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 they started asking the ladies why are they arresting this guy because obviously he's not being combative you know he's not being abusive and the ladies told the walk the the onlookers that he was being arrested for being a christian and i don't know how you can get away uh, away from that conclusion based on the statements Parsa says about the guards and the fact that, you know, he's he's not hurting anybody, that it was a consensual relationship. And it, it really goes downhill from there. And what Parsa says is they not only arrested him, but they then began to physically abuse him in custody. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Um, He's trying to explain that, uh, you know, you, you, you're arresting me wrongfully. I've committed no crime. And every, every time he's trying to explain what's happening, they promise to punish him further. Now, here's the problem that I have with this on so many facets. Number one, Mall of America is a privately owned business. What crime has he committed that he can be arrested by 
security guards. What is the arrest authority of a security guard in a private business? And where is the because this is not a criminal action at this point because it's within a private business. It would have to be a civil action. And the civil action would have to be that he's violating some company policy and that he has to be uh, asked to, to stop or remove from the business. And then the crime becomes trespass if he refuses to leave or if he comes back after the private company says no. Well, according to Parsa's testimony and, and the account of the two women involved, none of that happened. And so it's this, this intermeddling of private and government that is a huge problem in America. It's this idea. It's this idea that that there there is no separation anymore. Remember, we had the airline who had police dragging people off the airplane for violations of of civil agreements, contract agreements. You have uh, Mall of America, which is a privately owned company, uh, who who is now exercising arrest power within the mall and accusing people of crimes for once again, what would something be legally con con, uh, considered a civil, a civil violation, if any. And I think a lot of this has to do with people not understanding the difference between private and public entities. They have, so Mall of America Security has its own. So they have their own security. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a pro probably department. Yeah. Mall of America Security, 175 personnel. They also Notice have. They an, called them personnel. They call them highly trained personnel. Not officers. Uh, but they they also have an a dedicated police unit on site. A dedicated police unit. So on site, they have a dedicated police unit. I'm, I'm assuming that they are from the city of Minneapolis, right? Or Blooming, Bloomington? Bloomington? I don't know. Well, it's mini, it, Bloomington would be a suburb, so that might be the, uh, from the uh, Bloomington Police Department, probably. Once again, this is this blending of private and public. Why would a police officer, why would the city of Bloomington have a dedicated police force in Mall of America? Because the have mall a, is like a city in and of itself. It's freaking huge. But it's not government owned. Right. It is not government owned. It is not city property. So what you're telling me now is that taxpayers are paying for a core of police officers to govern over a private corporation's business. Yeah. And that, once again, it has to go back to this lack of understanding, this this lack of 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 distinction and division of the separate fears, spheres of private and government business. 
Yeah, there's it was, it was a lot of parties at fault here. I know there's going to be a singular focus on the mall or what have you, but a, a police officer who came, like they locked the guy to a, they chained the guy to, to a, a chair, chair in a basement. And so the police officer should have handled that right off the bat. Right. Right. They're like, no, 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 this, no, this is not legit. Sorry, sir, for your inconvenience. And then he should have, he should have schooled these highly trained security guards. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here. This is our last segment, JC. And when we went into the break, we're talking about the Christian pastor, a refugee from Iran, who was arrested for sharing his testimony in uh, the Mall of America to two women who actually asked him questions. I mean, so he wasn't going around. They accused him of soliciting. They accused him of proselytizing. And they said that's a crime. Uh, when in reality, in private business, that would be a civil violation, right? A civil violation. But what you said before we went into the break is the crux of this problem. Not only do we have a lack of understanding and a distinction in the American people in the minds between private and public, but we also have a training problem. These people were, quote unquote, highly trained. What were they highly trained in? Uh, targeting Christians. Highly. Well, you. I'm sure Stamping they had. Stamping out the dangers of People discussing religion. Yeah, right. So highly trained probably means that they know how to deal with uh, shooters. They know how to deal with people who are being uh, disorderly. Those They know how to deal with, with people who are trying to steal. But our training of these people in America is uh, across the board negligent in dealing with the rights of people. And here's my problem, okay? You have given these people quasi-arrest power. Yeah. So you don't train them to deal with people's rights, but you authorize them to deny those rights. And they're, answer they're not answerable to no. those people that they're chaining to chairs. And that, is, and, and that is absolutely, absolutely unacceptable. Now, here's the thing. Somebody say, well, this pastor should sue. What? Why do we have to do that? Why does this pastor even have to live through this experience? It is absolutely, unequivocally avoidable. And first all it takes is proper training. Yeah, first he's got to fight the government, right? Uh, an asinine group of police officers that allowed this go, to go forward. Then an asinine prosecutor who continued with prosec <clears throat> prosecution of this case. <clears throat> and then clearly an asinine judge 
who doesn't throw it out immediately. Right. Right. Exactly. So um, this is why we have to become involved. Right. We. um, Hey, Christians, can I just call out? Love your neighbor as yourself. If you are loving your neighbor as yourself, you can't stand by and watch stuff like this happen and be silent about it. You know, I think Bonhoeffer should be required reading for every Christian in America. I agree. And and I'm not going to impose Bonhoeffer on a non-believer, okay? I'm not going to enforce that. But every Christian in America should have to read Bonhoeffer. I mean, seriously, this is something that we have a duty a, 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 we must be compelled to stand up in defense of those who are being abused around us. And JC, is it is it too harsh to say that this man was abused? I mean, is that too harsh of a no. of a classification? No. Seriously. And how how do people stand by and watch this happen? I mean, I I want to I want to think about this because. I want to ask you, Jason, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if you saw this happening and it happened right in front of you in Wall of America, let's say you were talking to the Muslim uh, converted pastor and this happened in front of your face, what would you do? I, well, I'd be getting in between him and the, those security guards. And they'd, have to, they'd have to deal with all of us. Yeah, right. Standing I'd raise up. a ruckus. Yeah, well, I'd be with a video camera, you know? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I'm not into just, yeah, I mean, and you see a lot of the people film this stuff, and that's right. that's cool, but I'm not just going to stand there watching with a video camera. Right, right. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. But you should have somebody who is standing yeah, and somebody who is filming, documenting. documenting, just so you have a fair shake. Well, I guess that's it for us today, you guys. We will see you again tomorrow. Don't forget your homework. God bless. Sings. I received. Let me.